Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Courtney Ziegler and by Tiffany Michael, the co-directors of Appalition. Uh, both of you, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, Steve, for having us. We're really excited to be here. Yay, thanks for having us. Um, so I, I heard about Appalachian just recently and then found out it's not even that old of an effort, but, um, I'm not sure who of you would like to just begin the conversation by telling us a little bit about what is Appalachian. Um, I'll start. Appalachian is a spare change app where users uh, link their bank accounts, um, and all their daily purchases are rounded up to the dollar and that leftover change is collected and donated to grassroots organizations that are doing bail relief. So the idea of um, what's going on with the um, the um, kind of mass incarceration system in the United States and the bail system in particular um, probably bears another moment a conversation about that mission part of it. Uh, I've got a lot of questions about the um, the decision to use that roundup idea to bring some money together to help address this problem. But Tiffany, can you talk a little bit about why of all the good work things you could be doing, did you decide um, looking at bail relief was an important part of where you wanted to contribute. Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, mass incarceration is an issue that um, affects so many of us uh, in this country and around the globe. Um, so every year, millions of citizens are incarcerated um, and only because they cannot afford bail. Um, so something like 60% of people sitting in jail are awaiting trial. Um, so they haven't even been charged with anything. Um, and that really just um, exacerbates the existing racial and economic inequalities that exist. So if you have a lot of money, you get out. Um, if you have no money, you stay in jail. Um, and those just the, the issues um, that it causes, um, someone can lose their, um, their home, their kids, their job, in only a short matter of time. Um, and these are people who have not even been charged with a crime. Um, so it was really, an, uh, um, uh, incredible issue. Um, Courtney actually, uh, Courtney and I are tech entrepreneurs. Uh, we've been building um, tech startups together uh, for the last four years. Um, because of who we are, uh, we're always um, concerned with uh, social issues that impact um, the communities that matter the most to us and people who are the most marginalized. And so Courtney actually was really inspired uh, by the work that National Bailout did um, this past year in an effort uh, to bail out um, a, a large number of mothers on Mother's Day. Um, so Courtney, you wanna talk a little bit about that and how you were inspired? Um, yeah, so I had seen the work of National Bailout um, sometime mid last year and they had done a crowdfunding campaign to provide bail relief for black Americans. Um, and they raised almost a million dollars. I was inspired by that because I had never seen um, a kind of collective, a group of folks who are crowdfunding on behalf of black folks, in particular black Americans. Um, and I was inspired by that and figuring out how can we bolster the work they're doing by leveraging our access to resources in tech and our skills in the tech industry. Um, to support, to partner with what they're doing. And so after seeing that, I proposed the idea of abolition on Twitter and got a ton of responses and people were like, they would sign up for it if it existed. And so we set out to build it. Um, that was July of 2017. Um, we spent the summer 
kind of conceptualizing, thinking of what an app could look like that did um, round up your spare change, thinking through design. Um, we ended up partnering with two black founders who reside in Atlanta. Um, we collectively came together and developed Appalachian. And we went live on November 13th, partnered with National Bailout. Um, we were hoping to have about 200 users by December, we are well over that. Um, we're over 7,500 users at this point, um, generating thousands per day and spare change collections for bail relief. So it's super amazing that we were inspired by someone else's work um, and built a, a product with intention <laughs> um, and are now able to leverage their work in multiple different ways in terms of media outreach, um, and new folks who are signing up to educate themselves about what bail is and bail relief um, and donate their spare change. So it's been a quite an incredible experience and speaks a lot to um, technology innovation, what simple technology can do, um, part technology partnering with uh, grassroots activists and nonprofit initiatives and, and other kind of spaces that aren't necessarily about um, in, in our world in Silicon Valley, where I live, where everything is kind of primarily concerned with kind of the ease of life if mm -hmm. for certain class statuses, um, but not necessarily how we can use tech to like, you know, literally shift the world <laughs> in very positive ways. And so taking something that has been used in financial investment apps, the spare change model, um, and then using it um, in a way that it wasn't intended to is, is, and, and it's actually working um, and creating significant change and shifts in the world is really, really cool. It's really cool to be a part of it. Let me ask you a little bit about the mission impact so far, because I think that getting to scale is something that is really going to be important as you get more time and, and exposure. But, uh, you know, even getting, you know, 7,500 so far people to sign up, a lot of the people that are incarcerated, you know, before trial, whatever, are are only sitting on a few hundred dollars bail kinds of requests. But that can be out of reach for people that are paycheck to paycheck or underemployed or any number of other circumstances. So putting thousands of dollars plural together you know every month every week every whatever um, could really impact a, a lot of individuals and it, it seems like you know if you are thinking well you know me I'm rounding up my 50 cents my 75 cents my whatever does that really matter you know get any sense of, of how many individuals might be able to actually benefit even this early on absolutely yeah we've been blown away uh, in the month of December alone, uh, the funds that we raised were able to bail out 23 individuals, um, which is really incredible um, for that having been uh, like the first uh, 45 days yeah. um, of the app running. Um, so we're really excited about the future as we continue to gain more users, um, as we continue to um, which will only increase the number of funds. Um, one of the things that you mentioned is that, yes, absolutely, in some cases there are uh, it's only a couple hundred dollars uh, that someone needs to pay in bail, but that can be out of reach depending on um, their circumstances. Um, but depending on where you are locally, um, the amount of bail can be anywhere from $200 to $2,500. And uh, like the state of California, they have a really expensive um, bail. Uh, so yeah, it's been really incredible to see the, the number of people that we've been able to help, but as the amount um, that we're able to raise continues to increase, um, 
we'll definitely be able to, to see that number grow as well. When I signed up for the platform, I was impressed with how easy it was. Uh, I mean, pretty simple to do. Um, but it, I, I really appreciate, Courtney, what you were saying is a little bit ago about um, the importance of people learning more about the problem in becoming part of the solution, right? That, you know, it's pretty painless for me to um, get in there, register my debit card, um, look at any other credit cards that I might use, you know, make decisions about getting involved and think, well, you know, I don't actually use this card every single day, you know, uh, but, you know, I get out often enough, maybe a couple cents matters some. But if, as you talk about um, engaging people's minds in what's going on, um, how do you make those kinds of nonprofit strategic decisions about how much information to make available about the problem of bail, about what's going on with people that don't have access to resources and, and how they're unfairly treated in these systems while encouraging them, it's still easy to do, right? You don't have to spend a long time to become part of the solution, but you can learn more. And here's how we can try to lead you along that path. I think it was important for us. Uh, sorry, Tiffany. No, go ahead, Courtney. Um, I think it was important for us to partner with folks who are doing that work already. Yeah. Um, we're we're the tech experts, and though we are activists in our own right, in a number for a number of different kind of spaces. Um, Again, we just wanted to leverage our access to resources and our skills to support the work that people on the ground are doing. And so partnering with National Bailout was not only uh, a great thing for us to do, but it was important because they are able to guide uh, the initiative in terms of educating people and you know, allowing uh, folks who want to become abolitionists um, get more, a little bit more information about what bail relief is and how uh, mass incarceration affects, affects us all. Um, so they are doing a lot of the work that we are just <laughs> privileged to kind of being able to spread spread their word a little bit more through all of the media that we got through Appalachian. So partnering with a nonprofit was super important for us. So as you two co-founded this effort, did you um, spend a lot of time thinking about like an uh, organizational structure for Appalachian as opposed to that partnering thing? Because of course you could have built out something that's new um, rather than the partnering question. And if if it made sense to um, you know partner with an existing organization that had some of that knowledge to share and infrastructure to actually reach out to people that are awaiting bail and trying to find solutions, um, you know, how did you end up structuring what Appalachian is? Are, are you guys an actual charity, or are you just a, um, a pretty simple corporation that funnels money to the charity? Or how does how does that part work? Absolutely. So yeah, it's right now today we operate as a fiscally sponsored project. Um, and all of the funds that we raise are donated directly to, um, right now today, National Bailout, but the plan long-term is to work with a group of um, legal defense funds and other um, uh, bail funds across the country. Um, and as Courtney mentioned, for us, it was really important for us to, to bring the things that we had experience in and that we were really strong in um, and really let the people who have been doing the work around policy um, and larger education uh, create a platform for them. Um, I think oftentimes as technologists, technologists want to um, think they have all the answers because <laughs> we're engineers and we know how to build things. Um, I think one of the reasons that Appalachian has been so successful and so well received is we have we have 
absolutely given a platform to not only the bail funds, but then also all of the people who have been affected by this. I think one of the really amazing things to see is how people who have been impacted um, by the discriminatory practices of bail funds um, share their stories all over social media, um, all over different online platforms. And then that's really cool data and information that we've been able to bring to um, National Bailout and organizations like them um, and really help make brand new connections. Uh, and like you said, help people understand and get educated on the issue. Um, so we're about what technology can do um, to educate the masses on social justice issues and um, leverage spending power. So in deciding on the, uh, the this particular tactic, how do you go from idea in July to execution in November on something as complex, or at least it seems to me as complex, as asking people to you know connect debit cards and, and other types of financial transactions in so that they can round up? I mean, that seems like you've, you've got to be building into somebody else's existing infrastructure somehow, I assume, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we leverage uh, Plaid is a, another startup um, that has made it easy for banking apps such as Acorns and Robinhood, um, which all use fair change technology to, to link to bank people's accounts. So we leverage what other people have already built. Okay. Um, again, the technology has it already exists in the world. Um, what we are doing differently is allowing people to make their philanthropy easier <laughs> because right. it's automated. Um, so, yeah. So the search again, the search engine technology has already existed. It's easy to kind of recreate and build um, because other companies have done the work for us in terms of making uh, getting access to folks' bank accounts. What we are doing now is we are doing uh, Appalachian version two. Um, Plaid's API is very limiting. It only allows uh, they there's thousands of banking institutions they work with, um, but there are still smaller credit unions that they have not onboarded um, as part of their process. And so what, what we're doing is now is we, we are refining our technology to do um, manual verification. So folks who couldn't uh, become Appalachians before by automatically linking their bank accounts will now be able to do manual verifications, which means like kind of old school, what PayPal and other companies used to do, which would put, like put micro deposits into yeah. bank accounts for people to then have them verify with us. So that's what we're gonna have to do. Um, as we're building out this new version of Appalachian, because we've gotten so so many people who are one who want to be Appalachianists, and like we said, we were super excited to kind of exceed our growth um, within the first month, and we want to uh, accommodate everybody and put everybody on the platform. So we're currently building out version two right now. So it's going to take a little bit longer, but we should um, definitely have a new release date in the upcoming months. Gosh, I had forgotten about that idea of those little microtransaction things, but it's something we all did way back. Uh, well, maybe not even that far back, really, but um, it, it yeah. wasn't hard again. And I think that the existing sign-up ones, if you happen to be part of a larger financial institution, um, is pretty straightforward. Uh, do you find that anybody's coming back with um, questions about security or caution? Like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm about to, to connect you to a bank uh, that I work with. Is Am I feeling like I know who you guys are, that I can trust you to get this done and I'm not getting scammed? I mean, does anybody raise that? I, I personally didn't experience any of that question, so I didn't look too far, but maybe it's it's you know already addressed in the site and people just read it. No, yeah, we want to be very clear up front that we don't retain any sensitive information. We don't have your bank info. We don't have 
your bank passwords or anything um, because uh, we're using Plaid's API. Um, the way it works is that people, you're, you're logging into your bank account using your own credentials that you've made with your bank already. Um, our algorithm works, it, it, once you connect your bank account, it makes an encrypted connection um, that checks for spare change. Um, and so that all that, that's all that it does. Um, but app, on the Appalachian side, we don't have any bank information at all. Uh, the only thing we keep is the email and the, the name of the people who are signed up. So we wanna make it very clear that the, the technology is super safe, um, that we are very uh, taking all precautions to, to make sure everybody who's in Appalachian is covered and everybody's bank account is completely safe. And by using, uh, by partnering with companies and using the technology that companies that have already built um, and that have already vetted and processed and made sure to kind of protect themselves, we've been able to leverage the work that they've already done. So um, yeah, it's 100% safe. I know a lot of folks have, uh, not a lot of folks, some folks have said, I don't wanna link my bank account. Can I just give a donation? Mm -hmm. So we've actually added that to the app where you can do one-time donations um, if you want to, um, but we do encourage folks to, uh, to, to become abolitionists any way that they can. Um, whether that's by linking their bank accounts or doing one-time donations or simply uh, talking about bill relief and educating other folks. So we definitely want to um, make it uh, safe and clear and, and functional for everybody involved that um, we do not retain any sensitive information and it's super safe. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned was just how quick uh, the Appalachian was launched, um, having gone from just an idea that we were talking about, that Courtney was talking about over Twitter to actually having the thing built. Um, and all along the process, that very short kind of six, four to six month process, um, Courtney was very vocal about um, all of the steps along the development process. Um, and I think that's kind of significant to anyone thinking about launching something new and kind of um, the lessons there were one, to be really transparent about the, the planning process so that you can kind of galvanize support along the way. Um, but then also um, being able, as Courtney mentioned, to leverage existing technologies and so you could really focus on like what, what are the new problems to be solved. Yeah. and. Um, pull in the solutions that have already been created. Um, and then the final thing was just kind of like launch something quickly so that you can gain feedback. Um, I know it's something that we um, talk quite a bit about in the startup world. Um, uh, in the nonprofit space, um, sometimes projects can be a little slower. <laughs> uh, Pardon me for laughing, but that's an understatement. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so and I think, and I think, and I know it's, it's all, I mean, because it's, you know, oftentimes you have a lot at stake because these are human beings that, that you're serving um, and you want to make sure that you're thoughtful and you get things right. Um, and that's, uh, can totally understand that, but it's also important to get like version one out there as soon as possible. Um, and then people, people, our earliest, the earliest abolitionists kind of get that this is an early thing. We're working through um, the solution and we're going to iterate on it. So really excited to be launching version two of the app in the coming weeks. 
Well, that's really fast to already be thinking about, you know, addressing problems that people have expressed of, you know, I bank at my neighborhood credit union or wherever, um, or, you know, folks that are pretty unbanked or underbanked uh, in a lot of communities that might not have access to these things to give them tools to do things like those um, one-time contributions or the ability to do that um, micro deposit thing to verify and, and be able to get through those are all uh, amazing things that I think seeing them implemented so quickly is very inspiring to me working with charities uh, in other realms. But again, so impressive to see that it's like, we got a real problem here. We can't spend loads and loads of time um, coming up with the perfect solution. We're going to come up with a really good solution and then make it better as we go. And I just want to applaud both of you for showing the way that that's how many more charities could be acting if they just get out there and, and listen to the feedback when things don't go absolutely the the right way perfectly the first time. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I tell Courtney all this time that like, we are the ones to be doing this, uh, this work. Uh, I really feel like, um, you know, uh, the universe has kind of positioned us um, to be doing incredible work like abolition because of our experiences um, as technologists and startup people but also people who are really, really committed to um, social justice uh, and the work that comes with that. So one of the things that that makes this idea so strong and so possible is uh, is you know what I said earlier is kind of getting to scale is that you know if you empty out my change drawer that doesn't help anybody um, but if you add my change drawer to you know a few thousand other people's change drawers it's it starts to add up but you know if we can get you know, uh, 20,000, 100,000, a million people, uh, you know, we could really make a dent in this problem. There's an awful lot of lives that could be really impacted. Uh, now that you've been operating for a couple of months and seen a different trajectory growth than maybe you had um, thought originally, are there thoughts of, you know, boy, we think we can get to 50,000 by the end of this year or sooner or any any notion about how how you think the the scale could could move now that you've been out for a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Courtney, you want to take that? Um, um, yeah, <laughs> I was uh, thinking about how to answer that, actually, um, because because we've uh, exceeded goals that and they were small goals. Um, we haven't put much thought into kind of like getting up to like 50,000 users um, in terms of strategic planning and things like that. We are super excited to now to begin to do the thought work around that. Um, okay having again starting off with hopefully getting 200 people to now having over 7,000 people was like wow that's super exciting and software works and it's super easy to use now how do we develop a larger organization around appalachian um, yeah. and a larger infrastructure around appalachian um, so that it can grow um, and accommodate thousands more people but also that it can possibly be used to kind of address different kind of social causes um, and so one of the things we want to implement, um, which is definitely uh, taking people's feedback and reiterating the product, but also uh, one of the, I, I'm, I live in California um, and we just uh, legalized cannabis for recreational use this January. And along with that came the ability for folks who were charged with cannabis related crimes to have those crimes um, wiped from their record and people who were serving any kind of jail or prison time could possibly either get out earlier or get out completely, um, <laughs> which is awesome, right? This incredible law that has passed. Um, 
But of course, there's money that needs to be behind it. Uh, petitions cost $500 for people to get those charges erased from the records. Um, probably a little bit more than that for folks to kind of get some kind of legal support to help them get those charges expunged and get some type of release out of jail and or prison. So we were thinking that would be really cool to kind of offer people an option who are abolitionists already to, if they want to also donate their spare change to helping folks get out of jail for, the, for those particular reasons. And so really be, being mm -hmm. able to experiment with other types of abolition related <laughs> um, processes um, by collecting spare change. And so being able, to, for later this year, we, we definitely want to spend some time um, experimenting with different kind of ways that we can crowdfund. Um, yeah. We basically build a different type of crowdfunding platform and we're super excited to see how far it can go and how much good it can do. Well, let me ask you both too about the, the communications backup because I, when I've found out about the work that you're doing and uh, I just signed up and, and sent you a contact request right away. I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk to other people about this. This is so cool. Um, so I haven't really had uh, a lot of experience in the system getting information back yet. Uh, you said, you know, you collect an email address, you know that I'm there. Um, how often would Appalition come back to users and say, you know, thanks for joining, here's the impact, but maybe also here's other ways or here's things that can happen. Is, is that part of what you do or is that something that you ask your partners to take over the messaging on or, or how is that evolving for the communication back to users once they've signed up? Yeah, absolutely. So moving forward, we definitely want to increase the amount of communication and there's there's so much um, rich information that we can be sharing. One of the things that we want to do immediately is tell start telling some of those impact stories. Um, so the 23 people that were bailed out in the month of December, um, what was uh, what were some of the really good stories that came out of that? And so figuring out the best way to do that while also respecting people's privacy, um, but really helping people know um, what the impact of the work uh, of their donation was. Um, and so, yeah, I think part of that um, we'll know more as we figure out what the sustainable organization or structure is around abolition. Um, I think we're in a exciting um place uh around like oh my goodness this thing is taking off it can grow super fast we've gotten um kind of um there are all kinds of people who are abolitionists um celebrities uh elderly people like people from all different like verticals and industries um that want to support and so i think for us it's like okay looking at the different um organizational vehicles. Uh, so whether it's we become um, a 501c3 or a B Corps um, or some other structure. Um, and so it's been exciting for us uh, to think about what's the best way to structure the organization to make this uh, long lasting and sustainable. Um, and we think it probably will be some kind of hybrid organization um, that operates similar to both a startup and a nonprofit. So the feedback part of this, I think, as you're um, building the airplane while you're flying it kind of thing is a, a real element of what other tools might people engage once they've kind of come in at that really easy spare change level. Um, and, you know, as you said, there's lots of ways to think about crowdfunding or microfinancing things. Uh, lots of conversation um, in the creative sphere about uh, Patreon after they um, had a pretty big misstep in, in uh, talking to their um, 
um, base around how they fund what they do. But that idea of, you know, what if it's a dollar a month instead of rounding up um, 20 cents here and 30 cents there kind of thing um, gives you more opportunity to engage people that maybe don't use debit cards or uh, bankable transactions or whatever as much, but allows them to be participating at that micro level too. And, and that is another way that they can get in. So do you look at things like integrating more tools like that, more of a subscription payment model, or is that, you know, according as you're talking 2.0, is is that further down the road and you really just want to make sure that you've expanded the spare change model as far as it can go? Yeah, I think we want to keep pushing the spare change model as far as it can go. We've raised uh, over 60, I'm looking at our dashboard now, over $61,000 in spare change uh, in the few months that we've been active wow. and so that says a lot about spending power um we talk a lot about um this and part of the version two we want to kind of get more demographic data from who are our users uh we don't really know in terms of we've never asked <laughs> like any demographic questions from our users but from our research online about how the app is being used and how who are who people are talking about it which kind of like online spaces are 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 evangelizing the product. Um, and we, we notice it's a lot of black Americans who are doing a lot of work to bring a lot of visibility to the product and our users themselves. Um, so whenever we do talk about abolition, we are very clear to remind people that we, a lot African Americans in this country are, are, are talked about in ways that we are consumers. We spend a lot of money, um, but we don't necessarily produce a lot of things. Um, I debate that and say that's very, that's not true. But a lot of people believe that. And if that is the case, then it's amazing to see a tool that is focused on spending um, where black folks are heavily, <laughs> have, are heavily users of the tool um, and they're leveraging their consumer power for black liberation. Um, so with that being said, we're definitely gonna keep pushing the, the, the collection of spare change, um, refining that. Um, and definitely, like I said, we've added other ways for people to make different types of contributions. Some people have even signed up to give a dollar a month recurring donations already without uh, linking their bank account, bank accounts. Um, but the, the idea of spare change, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you mentioned that you said your spare change in your drawer definitely won't do much, but if it's a group of people coming together, um, doing something so little and that's automated, it makes people feel that they can, that they are part of a larger group, that they are part of a collective that really matters and that really can impact change, literally. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna keep pushing the spare chain model and then figure out, see um, how we can refine it in the future, but it's definitely part of our, part of our goal. So I, I think in that communications question back to users, part of it is um, expanding the network to others and, um, you know, how they might go, you know, I signed up, it was easy, you know, I'm I'm part of a, a growing movement to solve a really horrible problem. Uh, you know, getting the word out to more potential users is kind of a, a next step. Is, is that part of your communication strategy or any other partner group yet to think about how you get the, the peer support to move beyond even just the spare change to become part of the uh, communication about becoming part of the solution. Absolutely. And yeah, this is one of those things kind of when I mentioned um, the cool thing about launching really early is that you get to see um, how users uh, 
uh, are using the app, how abolitionists are actually communicating with each other. So one of the things that has become a really common thing um, for our early uh, adopters is um, abolitionists will take a screenshot of their dashboard, uh, which shows how much they've raised and the total number of contributions. Um, and they'll share that image out uh, across social channels like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and just say, hey, I'm an abolitionist and you should become one too. Um, and so that feature of being able to share um, your level, how much you've given uh, and show kind of an image of uh, what your dashboard looked like is something that we're gonna be launching um, pretty soon. Um, so absolutely, we're absolutely, it's really cool. We've been looking to see how abolitionists are currently, how the early ones are communicating, how they're sharing and then automating and building that into that. Yeah, I you know didn't really even think to go back to the um, site and log in again to see what my particular contributions are. So I, I you know did that as we were talking. I'm like, oh look, there it is. I can, you know, in just the short time because I I just joined up in January. You know, fifteen dollars and twenty nine cents so far from me. Um, you know, that's not anything that came out of my pocket all at once. And you know, it's a little bit here and a little bit there. But you know, fifteen bucks times seven thousand, you know, uh, times ten thousand, times twenty thousand, you know, that can really make a big difference. So I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be great when people that are excited about saying, you know, sometimes I make a, a one-time contribution to something that's really important to me, um, and sometimes it's more of a subscription-based kind of um, thing, you know, and I and I'll pay, you know, so so much a month on a flat fee. But this sort of flexible, depending on how often I'm got transactions going on, um, thing is exciting. I think for people to start talking to others about as as one more way they can be, you know, um, kind of using their dollars. And you know, Courtney, as you were saying a second ago, the amount of transaction power that's happening out there is maybe something that people just don't understand. That they feel like, you know, maybe I'm not that big a fish, but if I feel like uh, I'm one part of a really big um, amount of spending power, and we we get more people on board, um, we can actually make a dent in some of the backlog. Because you know, we got problems with ongoing mass incarceration, um, but. Uh, an even bigger part of the problem, I think, is people that have been jailed for months and years. Um, that if they, you know, could get out and deal with their um, charges and all the rest of it from the outside, they become less of the the backlog, less of the problem, and and we can start talking about resources in other ways than just trying to get this huge backlog dealt with. Absolutely, yeah. One of the one of the really exciting things was an organization that contacted us, um, and they said we want all of our corporate credit cards to be linked to Appalachian. Oh, cool! Uh, so that was a really cool way for them to, as an organization, say, okay, so collectively, here's what we support. Um, so yes, it's it's been incredible. We're, we're excited about the growth opportunities. So are are there things, I mean, you mentioned 2.0 is already underway, um, but um, this is a project of what you're both doing. You have other things that you're doing as well outside of Appalachian? Yes, that's correct. Courtney, you want to share? Um, sure, yeah. Um, Tiffany and I, actually, we run, our company's called Zam Labs, Sensor Ziegler and Michael Labs. Uh, we build uh, tools for all types of engagement. One of our tools we're working on right now is Aerial Spaces. Um, it's a tool for people to have live online events 
Um, we actually should have had our meeting in aerial spaces. <laughs> should have done it. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But uh, so that's our nine to five. And we uh, just are finishing up a round of, of, a round of fundraising for our seed round. Um, that went really well. So we're super excited. Uh, Appalachian was an idea because so many people were like, they sign up. We were like, well, we have to get it done <laughs> because if people said, if there are customers, then it should be built. Um, <laughs> so getting it built was a priority. Um, we're glad that it's out there and we definitely are um, appreciating. We appreciate you, Steve, that you are an Appalachianist. We appreciate that everybody who has signed up and joined um, because uh, giving people a, a, a tool to, to be a philanthropist, to gift to people who are less fortunate than those, um, it's really amazing to be a part of. Um, and it definitely helps us in our day-to-day, -day, every day in the startup world, um, having a successful product of give, based on giving. So, But now, as the, as the tool grows, it has definitely become an interfering with our nine to five. And I guess we have like a nine to eight now. <laughs> so we spend more time <laughs> on working uh, on making sure, definitely putting processes in place to build, uh, to further strengthen the communication with folks who have signed up um, and moving forward and, and getting more users and thinking bigger and seeing how more people can get involved with bail relief. Tiffany, what do you see as uh, next for the platform? I mean, do you have to bring more people in uh, to continue growing this, or is is this something that you can continue to manage with your other projects? Yeah, so we are a great question. We're actually uh, absolutely in team expansion and team growth mode. Um, so uh, looking for technical talent as well as people with other um, skills. So if you're interested uh, in supporting uh, the Appalachian Project professionally, absolutely, please do reach out. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about the future. Do you see yourself continuing to work with just the existing uh, partners in the bail relief movement, or are you, are you thinking about concentrating with, you know, you mentioned that California is maybe a higher bail state and maybe more need for things as the cannabis reform laws have come through. And again, there's that backlog. There's all these people that are already incarcerated under old laws. And, you know, do you get local partners then that would participate or do you kind of stay with the national or how do you guys make that decision? Yeah, I think with uh, the California-based initiative, we would, we would definitely want to work with people who are based in the state, um, simply because I'm based here. And California actually doesn't uh, allow charitable bail funds to exist. So though a lot of residents in California are abolitionists, um, legally, California doesn't allow people to collect bail funds and pay for someone's bail on behalf of another individual. Only a bail bondsman or someone related to that person can do that, which is like really interesting and wild to, to find out and learn. So there are people who are doing work to kind of uh, reform that very law. And so partnering with them would be awesome as well. Um, I think partnering with folks who not only do bail relief, but who are, who are tirelessly working to end the concept of money bail in general, yeah. um, we want to work with those folks as well. And uh, we will hit our three-month anniversary <laughs> of abolition um, later this week. And so figuring out uh, how we want to move forward in the future with our national partners and local organizations is going to be super, super in exciting and interesting. Um, but we definitely have put lots of thought into it. 
Well, I can see a long list of folks that would love to be able to uh, not just partner on the bail relief movement, but there's got to be other charities out there going, well, if you've been able to do this for this problem, you know, um, how do we think about utilizing that same space? And that, that's kind of a victim of your own success problem because you, you don't want to take away resources from abolition. Uh, you know, you've, you, there's a lot of work to do. So, uh, I mean, if somebody knocks on the door and says, I'd love you to be able to do this to help raise money for X charity instead of this one, how do you say, look, we're trying to keep things focused? Or do you say it's a big pool? Let's get everybody in or, or what What do you do? Yeah, I think the, the really um, cool thing is that we've been really vocal and visible around and transparent and sharing around the process uh, and what our thought process was when building uh, and what we felt like we brought kind of to um, new to this solution. So as, you, as we mentioned, the spare change uh, technology already exists. Um, and there was a lot of kind of intentional work that Courtney and I did to to center, like th to really think about like, okay, what is this, what is this app uh, built for? Who is it serving? Um, and then how do we craft a message and an outreach strategy um, that speaks directly to those people? Um, and so, yeah, where we're, we, there are billions and billions of transactions that happen every single day. There is so much opportunity for growth and so much opportunity for using this model in other spaces. Um, so we, we encourage others uh, to do similar work and absolutely um, while also supporting abolition. All right, cool. We are um, running very low on time, so I want to ask um, either or both of you to help plug how people can get involved. What's the easiest way to learn more and sign up? Yes, uh, people can go access the app um, via the web at appolition.us, A-P-P-O-L-I-T-I-O-N dot U-S. Um, obviously, it's a play on the word uh, app and abolition, <laughs> so we think it's super clever and easy for folks to remember um, and actually kind of cute. So uh, you could sign up there, get find all the information at our website um, and our Twitter handle, Appalachian as well. Cool. And I want to stress uh, that I actually didn't download an app uh, because when I heard about this, I was on the web. It was just so easy to sign up on the web. So as much as Appolition may be a, a cool pun and help people think about um, that activity to be part of it, you don't even have to have you know the right kind of phone or whatever to do this. It's really easy anywhere you want to sign up. Mobile phone, you know, desktop, whatever you got access, it's, it's simple to do. So I want to encourage everybody to go do that. Sign up, try it. Um, you can uh, you know, discontinue if it for whatever reason doesn't work for you. But uh, boy, you know, it doesn't really hurt at all to see a couple of pennies go out uh, as you're um, making your purchases for the day. And, you know, as you pointed out, I, I've heard of Acorn and all these kind of similar things, and none of them motivated me to do it, right? It's like, well, you know, I suppose I could save a couple of dollars, whatever. But this is something that I knew I wanted to be part of helping to solve the problem anyway. So you really did motivate me and I hope a lot of other people to go, this is the place where spare change can make more difference. Let's let's aggregate all that spare change. Let's do something good. That's awesome. Thank you so all right. much. I really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you becoming an abolitionist and appreciate you giving us an opportunity to share. Uh, please do reach out um, and continue to make an impact using spare change. Great. So I would just want to thank you both. So uh, Tiffany Michael, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Appalachian, and Dr. Courtney Zeigel, the Creative Director and Co-Founder. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much.